0: Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Here today to
1: bring you a Marvel cornucopia between information about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We got some follow-up from Captain Marvel and some reaction there. Your, Your mail could not be contained in just our review talking to you about some guardians of the galaxy and new disney the fox deal having closed what you got matt
0: pete let's start with the wonderful agents of shield fundraiser that's going on uh it of course being hosted at prizeo p-r-i-z-e-o dot com slash marvel and uh In exchange for uh, supporting uh, their charitable efforts, anybody can win a trip to the set. You give a little more, you get some more chances, but uh, all it takes is that one entry and uh, really a great effort out of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. uh, production and out of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan community.
1: Obviously, with uh, co-showrunner Marissa Tantarone being afflicted with lupus, this has long been a cause for both uh, the the, uh, showrunners, the cast, and a great way to not only raise some funds, but to give some perks back to the fans here. Uh, Clark Gregg may have slipped and said the seventh and final season. Let's understand, too, that... If everybody and then some watches season six when it starts in uh, May, um, then obviously you help to, you know, create more of this content with your views. But it would seem at this point that it's it's going to be seven and done. So what better victory lap to take than, you know. Uh, they're gonna bring a fan and a guest to the set. They've uh they've already run out of some of the perks, Matt. They had the uh what was it $250 level that I think was like 10 or 20 assigned script from the cast and you know a certain number of, of entries. Uh, really great perks, uh similar to the uh the Omaze model, done a little bit differently. Um, but really nice as you know, things are kind of rounding up towards, you know, the the beginning of season
0: seven and possibly the end of the series. I think that we could probably reasonably, and I dare say with some bittersweet happiness, uh, say that season seven is probably it. And if that's the case, Pete, this is a show that could have been canceled many, many seasons ago. And uh, we're definitely in the bonus zone here, particularly with uh, with Clark Gregg now confirmed back in the series which i will admit pete i was betting against um and
1: i will admit i was right
0: pete right as always with your spoiler pete powers there uh something that i think nobody saw coming maybe not even spoiler pete was the fact that uh, at the upcoming WonderCon, uh agents of shield will screen episode 601 so certainly a treat for those in attendance
1: yeah, and I look forward to Matt. What with those powers that we were just discussing, right there, to getting advance notice of what's going to go on uh, that beginning uh, March 29th. So right around the corner, um, the uh, the WonderCon and the proceedings, and and though Marvel might enter the room with their agents of shield actual agents of shield that patrol the audience with their night vision scopes, which we've seen many a time at New York comic-con spoiler. Pete will see that episode.
0: Well, Pete, that, of course, uh, we can expect Clark Gregg in attendance there. He fresh off the great success of Captain Marvel, which in a, uh, a box office update is now up to over $760 million worldwide. Uh, this obviously an extremely strong movie and uh, a movie whose uh, reactions we've been unable to contain, at least from our listeners. Plenty of people have plenty of things to say. Yes,
1: uh, Captain Marvel as we're recording here, $270 million domestic to this point, uh, placing it well, well in the lead for the year. Obviously, Avengers Endgame is gonna uh, complicate that, um, but it is not a surprise to anyone on this podcast, to most of the people, Listening, I think, how well this film has performed, uh, despite the efforts at some misguided or just flat-out wrong individuals. And some of our feedback is, is going to reflect that.
0: Well, we're only a quarter through the the year here, of course. Uh, but Captain Marvel, the number one movie in the world. Second place is, uh, is a Chinese movie called The Wandering Earth. And then you know, going from Captain Marvel's 780 plus the third place movie, uh, is how to train your dragon three at $467 million. So massive, massive space between, uh, I'll say first place and third place. If it, particularly if one excludes that, uh, that movie that is, uh, largely meant for Chinese audiences, but Pete, keeping it on Captain Marvel here, are you ready to hear some thoughts from 084?
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> All right. 084 says this, So many thoughts about the new movie. Here they are as unjumbled as possible. Right off the bat, I was in love with this character. I don't mean it in a romantic way. I mean it's Brie Larson, and I'm a human being, so partly in a romantic way. But it's so great to see a protagonist kick all the butt and have the most fun while doing it. She's mocking scrolls. She's returning tiny little pew-pew shots with gigantic photon blasts. And she's taking absolutely none of anybody's expletive Pete, that's what OA4 said, expletive. Oh, Captain, my Captain. I did notice a couple of weird shots with the de-aging, more so on Colson than Fury, but not enough to take me out of it. It was great to see these two back in the day, and I'm glad for that. For the most part, it didn't completely destroy any continuity from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The only line that's troubling is Fury referring to Colson as the new guy. Now, it's obvious that this isn't the fresh-out-of-high-school Phil that Fury supposedly recruited and trained alongside John Garrett, but there are some workarounds. He could have trained Coulson in secret for some reason. He also could have floated this detail to Carol to downplay any bond he might have with Coulson in case she did end up being a hostile. I'm not sure. I've lost all faith in hashtag it's all connected at this point. And instead, I'm clinging to hashtag it's not all disconnected by the weakest of headcanons. I thought the scrolls were great even if the twist that talos wasn't all that bad was kind of predictable i really want a what we do in the shadows movie with a bunch of well-meaning scrolls living together could that be taika with next marvel project your thoughts so far pete
1: i agree ever so slightly with the de-aging the only thing with colson that made it super noticeable i mean Obviously this is a man in his fifties and they're de-aging back to when he would have been in his thirties. The the widow's peak on his hair was a seemed a little prominent um in terms of that. But otherwise, I mean, as as far as taking the years off, I I think it was very, very impressive. And we've seen the evolution of this technology. Um you know throughout these Marvel films and uh, I, I just I shudder to think where they'll be in another five years
0: continuing with 084's words there were so many connections in this movie that I don't think all were on purpose uh, the Tesseract and Project Pegasus obviously were blatant it was fun to see what happened to it between the first Avenger and the first Avengers yes that <laughs> sentence was confusing on purpose Then there's Nick Fury's unfortunate eye incident, making the Winter Soldier line, last time I trusted someone I lost an eye, so much better. What surprised me was the Kree inhibitor that Carol wore on her neck. It's so similar to what Daisy wears in the alternate future, although it would seem that Carol simply ripping hers off inspired the Kree to make doing so a lot harder by the time 2091 rolls around i doubt anyone working on the movie watched the show and i don't think clark would have had near enough input to suggest that story point but it's a nice coincidence i love how they mcu'd carol's origin i was always worried about how problematic it was in the comics the big female hero gets her powers how by being saved by a male love interest and then is later named after said love interest they kept the explosion but it's brought about by her own sacrifice I'd like to think she knew that shooting that engine would result in a blast uh, and probably kill her, but knowing that lives were somehow at stake, she takes the situation in her own hands and does it anyway. Some of my favorite moments for these MCU characters are what they do before they get their powers. Tony in the cave, Steve jumping on the grenade, now Carol shooting that engine. All the same feel, for me at least. The Rambo family was very well done. Lashana Lynch's acting was very understated and subtle and sold uh, in a very controlled character having a difficult time processing the return of her thought-to-be-dead friend. She was also great piloting that ship and thwarting Minerva even if I'm sad to see Gemma Chan go so soon. I'm excited to see Monica all grown up in the sequel helping Carol kick more butt. Her involvement in Carol's color scheme was adorable don't tell me otherwise. Would you agree (laughs) Pete?
1: Yeah I'm on record as you know, loving the way that they work that in there. And, you know, I know your big, uh, you know, uh, post-Avengers endgame scene, you know, oh, seed X-Men now that the merger is complete or Fantastic Four, some other property. I I think they're going to keep it in the fam, Matt. I think we might get some Photon in
0: there. Well, certainly we know this much that though there's, you know, like – there's hollywood coverage of they're starting to work a little bit on black panther or you know black widow has found a director things like that there are no movies announced after spider-man far from home and i think that you know we're gonna get that in may we're gonna get here's the next four years and it's gonna knock our socks off but pete let's head back to 084 i think the character of goose speaks for itself right no need to bring that up at all good I probably need to wrap up, so on to the credit scenes. Endgame. One detail surprised me here. We've been told that the two teasers we've gotten are mostly made up of footage from pretty early in the movie. And in that footage, Cap's clean-shaven and Widow has her hair red again. I think this means Carol shows up possibly in the first few scenes when Cap's beard is still a tribute to Thor. Given how powerful she obviously is, I would have thought that they would wait until well into the second act to throw her in and save the day. It's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out with Ant-Man showing up with some likely helpful quantum info, Tony's inevitable return to earth, and now Carol popping up at the facility ready to turn Thanos into grape juice. It's looking pretty clear that the Avengers are going to get a lot of help trying to piece everything back together. I think that's all. Post credit was cute. My initial thought was the Tesseract should have burned through Fury's desk, but I heard another podcast suggesting we've only seen it burn things when it's been active tiny little plot hole filled at this point it's moot to try and rank all the movies one by one so i won't try i think i'd put this somewhere in the top third overall and it would knock probably one of the guardians movies into the middle until Mm. next time true believers excelsior oh yeah and the stanley intro broke me so thanks for that marvel
1: regarding avengers um it's funny matt uh my youngest brother who Matt has spent some time with as well, Kevin, um, he will, you know, nibble. He will egg me on, you know, give me something about, uh, the, the movies and then recoil, uh, well past what Matt does as far as, well, don't tell me any spoilers. Don't tell me any spoilers. Um, but he's, you know, insatiable. He, He can't pick a lane. And, um, so I have the first two acts of the film down as far as what happens. But it's the last third of the film that's really up for grabs. And then you throw in what we've been told this week that in the trailer that came out, there are Mr. X a la Hulk in the big, uh, you know, scene where they're running at the camera in Wakanda last year, which obviously did not take place in the film. Um, so there are some things that have been pointed out to me do not happen in the film that are in that
0: trailer. I mean, you, you just think Endgame is the biggest movie or has the potential to be the biggest movie that's in terms of box office. I'm sure that'll be massive, but just in terms of, in terms of buzz, you know, I think back to. Maybe the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie, which I know underwhelmed a lot of people, but just in terms of that pre release feeling, you know, is it Avatar? I mean, I, I dare to say, I compare anything to the first Avatar movie, if only because of its massive box office, uh, you know, the places that it went. But, you know, we'll see. There's, they can stick the landing so amazingly. Uh, I think that's on the one end. And I think a lot of people feel like, uh, infinity war set up a great landing for endgame then pete i also remember i was i was in the audience when there was the worldwide simultaneous release for the third matrix movie uh and i remember walking out of there being like okay and uh, <laughs> you know up until that point i had got the dvds i had bought the the game it's a very solid game that yeah does extended universe kind of stuff in there walked out of there and the guy's like what do you, cause it was like a 10 a.m show because it was world worldwide at the same point guys like what'd you think i'm like i don't know i'm still thinking about it and never saw a complete matrix movie again
1: this will not be the matrix um let's remember too bouncing off black panther which still won the domestic box office in 2018 matt Less than two months later, we had Avengers. Bouncing off Captain Marvel, the current domestic and worldwide leader for 2019, we're going to get Avengers Endgame. Um, Captain Marvel's popularity and for some sudden uh, discovery is only going to strengthen Avengers Endgame. And then there's the idea that... Everything is coming to a head in this film. I'm told moving forward, it's not so much about the massive team up movie, but mini matchups, if you will, we get, you know, here's our guardians and Captain Marvel, or here's Ant Man and Thor, or, you know, I'm just throwing things out here. They want to cross pollinate the different characters
0: well pete you're thinking about those future movies so was 084 who sent us another email today this one about Captain Marvel 2 so here we go just had a thought while re-watching Age of Ultron prepping for Endgame there have been rumors that Captain Marvel's sequel may not be taking place in the present day at first I wasn't sure about it it's a little close to what Wonder Woman is doing then things started to make sense Ronan obviously has much more story to tell he didn't leave the movie on a clear path to where he was in the first Guardians movie, so he could definitely return if the sequel takes place before 2014. But there's also the Supreme Intelligence. This movie was the first time we ever heard the Kree leader mentioned at all. None of the Kree and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. refer to it, and it doesn't come up at all between Nova Prime and the Kree she was Skyping with. So where did it go? Well, what if Captain Marvel, uh, if the Captain Marvel sequel deals with another Infinity Stone? It could be that in order to save itself from Carol, it transferred itself into the Mind Stone, which the Kree potentially could have used to alter or erase Carol's memories when they took her, because that still isn't explained. Or perhaps the Supreme Intelligence is the Mind Stone, which could explain how an AI is powerful enough to run its own planet. Maybe in a post credit scene, the defeated Ronin shows up to Titan with the Stone for Thanos, who we know lends it out to Loki later on. There are some small things that work against this theory. Phases 1 through 3 have been titled the Infinity Saga, so it might seem out of place to stick a stone into a Phase 4 movie if we're going to leave Endgame not worrying about them. But it would be a nice explanation for Age of Ultron and why the consciousness in the Mind Stone was so powerful and skewed towards evil. It could also explain why Vision apparently didn't get any of Ultron's malice if the creation of Ultron separated the Supreme Intelligence from the Stone. Just some thoughts until next time. I like
1: some of the thoughtfulness of the theories there. I don't think they're going to open close no more infinity stones after end game. I think, you know, we found them, we've brought them together, we've used them, whatever happens in end game. And then I think they will still be a thing. I don't think it's going to be a, well now, Adam Warlock's gonna get them, or whomever else is gonna unite them. I I think they'll still be around, but they'll be split up. You you can't get rid of them, right?
0: I I guess I would agree with you, Pete, and I also think. I I think there is plenty of potential to do a Captain Marvel two that takes place in the past. Um. If only because this notion of and tell the supreme intelligence I'm coming for it. Or re- is the next thing we're really going to hear like, and I came for it and destroyed it? Hello, Avengers. Like, they could do that. I also have to wonder, too, and I know we're going to talk more about, you know, New Disney with its Fox components now. You know, is there some sort of hybrid thing where it's like, you know, we're going to do you know, do we, do we do a Captain Marvel Disney Plus mini-series that, you know, if Captain Marvel cost $150 million, all right, we're going to do a mini-series for 125, but churn out four hours. And, you know, 45 minutes of it is going to be movie level special effects and others will be more talky talk stuff. I don't know. I don't know where that thinking is, but I know that that's now that type of thinking. I mean, we've seen it already with the Loki series and the you know some of the other stuff that they're planning—that's the shorter run stuff—that's not quite a movie, but not that even that necessarily ten episode or thirteen episode type TV show. So these are great problems to have, Pete, with great great characters.
1: It would seem that a lot of that stuff is being finalized right now, as far as official announcements. I know they're really trying to figure out. What do we hold and uh, promote at at uh, D23? Um, apart from the fact that uh, they want to have things for people to watch right out of the gate for
0: Disney Plus. Pete, what do you have in terms of Captain Marvel mailbag? So, Matt... Some
1: people listened to our review, or shall I say one person uh, listened to our review and um, didn't exactly enjoy it. That was Rogue Investor, and uh, his uh, review is headlined, It's a Movie, Not a Political Statement, One Star. And it reads, Tried listening to podcast." Made it halfway through. It's your podcast and you do you. But it's advertised as a movie podcast, not an SJW screed. All I wanted was a review of the movie, not social commentary. You want to discuss the events of movie. That's how it reads. The events of movie, comrade Matt. And work in some politics, that's one thing. But I stopped at the SJW order for some kind of edifying girl's buddy movie, ellipse, because reasons. The left forgets that traditional people buy movie tickets. So, Matt, what do you think of Rogue Investor's review
0: I'm, uh, I guess I'm sorry that this movie that is pretty uh, at the forefront in terms of saying we're going to talk about female empowerment and we're going to do so in an entertaining way. uh, I'm sorry that Rogue Investor does not want to see that. I mean, like, that's the product that they made. It just so happens to be a message that we agree with. And I dare say that most of our listeners agree with. Um, Pete, I'm not the one out, out hoping that we have some sort of, you know, Handmaiden's Tale future, like maybe Rogue Investor does. I don't know, but whatever. Hey, congrats, Rogue Investor. You did two things. You gave us a one-star review and you taught me that SJW, Social Justice Warrior, uh, because I had to look it up, Pete, to realize that it's... (laughs) It's now generally What did you used? think?
1: I want, I want an entire podcast of maybe we'll do a, a Patreon uh, special that uh, Rogue Investor doesn't get because, you know, reasons. Uh, but uh, we can have an entire Patreon exclusive where Matt uh, comes up with alternate acronyms for SJW.
0: Well, I think I was aware that it stood for Social Justice Warrior. I didn't know that it now is thrown around as a pejorative against quote-unquote, bad liberal people. Um, I guess it's meant to evoke this feeling of you sit at your keyboard late at night uh, eating Cheetos and saying, I'm making a difference by tweeting these things, which, you know, if you feel passionate about an issue, whether you're liberal or conservative or whatever, you know, yes, social media is not necessarily the place to enact that change. It might be the beginning of a dialogue, but it's not the end point. But me, personally, I see... I see uh keyboard I, I I see keyboard warriors on the right and the left alike um uh, but i'll I'll take i guess if if it's an insult social justice warrior i uh, I'll take it as a compliment uh I, I guess because I stand by our review
1: well and and that was the the tweet I know we responded, and you know we we rallied the troops here we'll read the real reviews, Matt, in a moment. Um, you know, if rogue investor is not a Russian bot and I do have my suspicions, um, you know, Hey, you, you left a one star review and, uh, you garnered with that action 2 five star reviews. So that's a, that's a, a plus positive last time I looked at it. Let's take his, his or it's again, if it's a robot, um, from the top here the you do you line well we we did us yet you took us to task for being us um these films have always been a form of social commentary what more is the winter soldier perhaps the greatest marvel studios marvel cinematic universe film than something about police state and over surveillance Uh, Wait, hold on, Pete. Are
0: are you telling me that even there could be a Marvel movie about perhaps the most divisive issue in America right now, which is kind of gun control? Surely there's not a Marvel movie where somebody says, I like my guns, and then later says, actually, guns are bad. I'd rather do clean energy. Like, there's not a movie like that, is there? I don't believe it was made this decade. (laughs) Pete, That's because it was made in 2008. Wait, it's the first MCU movie. Yeah,
1: um, so maybe uh, Rogue
0: Investor doesn't
1: understand metaphor, and and you know we can get a whiteboard out for him separately. Um, so I I still and Matt, I know you've gone back and and tried to listen. I don't get where he stopped. Apparently, halfway through for the SJW order for some kind of edifying girls buddy movie because reasons and, uh, Hey, rogue investor, you really hurt the film with all the financial and commercial and critical sec success that it's had. So
0: way to go there. Um, Pete, I think sometimes when we're angry, we say things that we don't mean, and sometimes when we're angry, we use word combinations and phrase combinations that sound impressive, but we don't know what they mean. And by we, I don't mean you and me. Screed.
1: Moving along, Matt. Uh, we have a, another review left for us by Jay Killen Nine. The headline reads, The Future, and he spelled it correctly. It's with a Ph, is fantastic, also with a Ph, five stars. And it reads, These true believers cover it all. They have industry insight and a foot or two in the creative process. Since these are decent and evolved men who are comfortable in their own skins, they don't shy away from discussing relevant social issues. So for elevated, thoughtful dialogue, subscribe to all things Fantastic Geek. If you need to hide from female empowerment or are threatened by the historical nature of what's happening in media right now, find something else to listen to in your basement. All of Marvel is social commentary.
0: Uh, uh, bravo. Thank you for the compliment there. I will take the compliment Evolved uh, any a- any day of the week. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, a little humor there in that review, and uh, some appreciated humor from uh, from James, a real American. James
1: is killing it. And then, Matt, we have a review left for us by MillerBug2121. The headline is, subscribe! exclamation point. Also five stars. And it reads, MCU fan or just curious about what is going on? Then listen to Fantastic Geek.
0: Well, uh, short and sweet and, uh, dare say, I would say accurate. So, certainly kind words there. Pete, hopefully other people listening, if they want to share their voice in the old uh, land of reviews, they can head on over to iTunes, leave a review. I know it's super easy in the app. You just swipe up while listening. Maybe even now, unless you're driving or hiking or chasing a bear. But um, super easy to leave a review and always appreciated.
1: Absolutely. Leaving a rating takes seconds. You just hit the star. And then uh, if you want to back that up, negative, positive, you have that right to do it. And Matt and I will fight to our dying breath for your right to be a bot or to be a real person.
0: Well, Pete, liberal, conservative, let's leave that behind. Look at the old agenda. What's next here? See, Guardians of the Galaxy has a new director. James Gunn, so no no more controversy, right, Pete? Uh,
1: Except for the people that are crying for other people who did things, I think we could agree might be worse uh, to to also be forgiven. Let's keep this to what it is. Um, These were older tweets that James Gunn had already apologized for. Uh, He went through the process of deleting them, and then came the outcry after other people uh, were, were shouted down and, and lost jobs that, oh, you got one of ours. We have to take one of yours and various uh, loudmouths on social media, uh, politically motivated, had to uh, get their pound of flesh. Um, thankfully, Disney has come to its senses. I don't know how much of those senses, Matt, have to do with a film in pre-production over at Warner Brothers. (laughs) But let's just say I think Mickey was worried it could be the suicide if his squad (laughs) did not include James Gunn moving forward. He made a mistake. He's acknowledged that mistake. This is somebody who is tremendously talented. And tonally, uh, really, I think the only person that can conclude the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy directing a film that you have written is that much easier than somebody else coming in and attempting to take the script they're still planning on using that he wrote and creating anywhere near the same magic. Um, Those are beloved characters that uh, you got to remember that was Marvel Studios first real risk. And look how handsomely that's paid off. There is no Avengers Infinity War without what James Gunn did with the Guardians of the Galaxy and directed sequences in that. Um, this was... Long overdue, and I think Disney is obviously acknowledging it made a mistake. They put them in the penalty box for a little bit. Obviously, it's changed their slate. That film would have opened uh, a little over a year from now in May 2020. Okay, will they film The Suicide Squad? Will they film Guardians of the Galaxy? It all depends how quickly they want to move on this. We're going to hear a lot more about Marvel's slate moving forward once Endgame is out of the way.
0: I think in retrospect, the restoration of James Gunn is not the most surprising thing. Um, I I will admit I didn't necessarily see it coming, particularly when it did, et cetera, et cetera. What I think is very intriguing are some of the particulars behind the scenes. Uh, The Hollywood Reporter reports that conversations with James Gunn to bring him back started a few months after he was fired. Uh, And the Hollywood Reporter suggests he actually has been back since late fall, early winter. It's just only recently that the story got out. Um, I, I I, think insofar as in retrospect, this whole thing appears to have been um, a, a well-manicured response to a, pro- a public relations problem, and it made the problem go away in the summer. And then, you know, we... We who are okay with him being back and think he never should have uh, been fired, you know, we get Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume Three with him, as you said, perhaps a little later. Um, those particulars are interesting. You also can't uh, ignore the fact that there was that cast uh, that, that cast uh, vote on on social media, Pete. I guess they were warriors in a social sense. I don't know. <laughs> But the fact that the whole cast signed their name to a group statement—not not exactly a, a group letter because it was written small for you know for public uh, or for social media rather—but that you had every star of the movie, even down to these voice-only people of Vin Diesel and Bradley Cooper, uh, Vin Diesel one of the biggest movie stars in the world, Bradley Cooper Oscar-nominated, et cetera, et cetera—that they all put their force behind James Gunn that has to be noted as well in terms of, well, clearly it worked. And clearly I suspect Disney was looking at the prospect of, all right, well you're contractually obligated to go to four world premieres and to talk to, uh, you know, to talk to people on the red carpet, to do interviews. And do we really want to have Vin Diesel going? Yeah, I'm not, uh, I just wish James gone. Like, do we really want these people on mic promoting this movie where they could bring it down or, you know, if they're angry and if they're incensed, um, I will add Pete, you know, in the interim, I think we both enjoyed the first suicide squad movie. It wasn't great, but it was a good time at the movies. (laughs) There were times,
1: I I spaced out there for a second.
0: How about this way? There are portions of suicide squad that are really, really good. And other portions that are just bonkers, not great, but it's a fun time uh the fact that its sequel called the suicide squad is going to be a sequel reboot with at this point Pete, multiple casting changes a squee boot <laughs> a squee boot i i would predict and this is not dc uh, versus marvel this is not w uh, or you know warner brothers versus disney or marvel or whatever
1: this is we're going to see uh, Shazam this weekend and you know record our thoughts
0: yeah
1: um which i'm know- very high on I I'm super excited about it the the word I've gotten out of it uh has been positive largely um we want to see them all succeed and let's remember too Matt and and you're wise to bring up the the statement that the cast made and Dave Bautista bless his heart was the biggest
0: cheerleader you know I know Chris Pratt was very diplomatic uh but even he Dave Bautista which, was was in my mind, he was ready to sacrifice future jobs in the Disney machine by speaking out where Chris Pratt completely was diplomatic and also was available. Oh, you want me to be uh, you know middle-aged Indiana Jones or you want me to do whatever in four years or, you know, like he, he, he was diplomatic. Bautista went for it all. And I, I think
1: there's a reason Drax is who he is and star Lord is who he is. That aside, Um, gun made awful jokes. There is no defense to the things that he did, but there is a massive difference, Matt, between someone who makes terrible, terrible jokes and someone who goes off and, and spouts hate. There's a huge difference. If you need somebody to explain that to you, maybe social media is not the place to be hanging out. Um, James Gunn has shown, the, the the word that I got from people close, the contrite nature and the humbling nature of this is something that really changed hearts and minds when it came to reversing this decision. And let's remember, too, what the Guardians trilogy to this point is about. These films at their heart are about redemption. So... Though the script is written, I can't imagine there won't be some either read into it or takes that are going to in some way reflect the journey this film has taken to theaters.
0: Well, Pete, let's look ahead to future things hitting theaters, uh, hitting our homes this the day that uh, the Disney Fox deal was sealed. Uh, New Disney. Pete, let's start with some MCU implications. The Hollywood Reporter speculates that twenty twenty one would be the earliest that uh an X Men or Fantastic Four movie could hit cinemas in the MCU oeuvre. There are of course still the two final Fox era X Men movies. Of uh on- don't remind us dark Phoenix which the Hollywood Reporter suggests it definitely you know it definitely is coming out dark Phoenix on June 7th and then Pete it speculates what wait a minute we've been saying for six months that these still troubled still problematic um new mutants that's what it's called right yes new mutants could be headed for Hulu or Disney plus it's an R rated horror-esque movie. I think maybe they forgot that, or maybe it gets chopped up to be more palatable for Disney plus, but they speculate it could be a subscription bonus and not a movie of its own, so to speak.
1: Yes. Dark Phoenix, the, uh, new X-Men film that I don't think anybody really needed. Uh, still, you know, coming out still kind of, uh, you know, stuck if you will um i hear they have real real problems with what they've shown to test audiences and i think it's going to come out and the best move that they're going to possibly do is to just let that lie fallow for a little bit and build some demand back up were the x-men in the meantime matt there are people who are already taking meetings regarding what they might do with some of the other characters who are coming back fantastic four i'm looking at you
0: yes i know there's a doctor doom script that has been written or a story treatment that's been done uh that was certainly fox era but now you know is square on kevin feige's desk i I also wonder too, Pete, I know letter of the law is before these two companies merged, there couldn't be any coordination between the two in terms of a post merger world. Are you telling me that there is not somebody at the X-Men department of 20th century Fox who like six months ago, wasn't like, all right, we're going to do a page one rewrite of X-Men and I'm going to kick around some story ideas for how to get them in the MCU. Like, uh, when the Infinity Stones explode, Pete, that causes mutation. Or, you know, or something like that. Like, surely smart people could have been working on this on their own, and today been like, here you go, Mr. Fiji, my script for X-Men, a new beginning. I think it's going to be a bit. And I
1: I think people who are fans of the X-Men and what they've done before. And you'll always have that. They're going to eventually get to it. They'll put their own stamp. The thing I've said for years, the same with Spider-Man and uh, that they even got that back was as a result of serendipity more so than creativity with the North Korean hack that took place a la the interview a couple years back. But they don't need the X-Men to succeed right now uh, 20th Century Fox that was a tentpole for them they needed that to do well and unfortunately they have mismanaged that brand which now belongs to Disney um, they don't need this they have plenty of other things lined up we, we still don't know I mean we've we've got Spider-Man coming in July we don't know the next film after that Uh, They're they're moving forward behind the scenes with other projects. Like I said, Guardians was slated to be the one after that. It seems to be neck and neck at this point between um, Doctor Strange 2 and Black Panther 2 as far as which one will come next. I don't think we're gonna get one by May of 2020. I think the next film after uh, Avengers Endgame will be more than a year out. I think it's going to be the uh, the November holiday slot of 2020. And you know what, after what Endgame will be as far as Marvel Studios proper, and then Spider-Man, wherever that lies in the timeline, um, again, there's gonna be that demand.
0: Looking at the the Disney Fox merger now complete, Pete, are you hoping for a shape of water under the sea ride? Are you hoping for a dining package where you get to enjoy FX's Fargo uh red snapper uh fried kind of thing? Or maybe most importantly, are you hoping for Star Wars Episode Nine to open with the Fox fanfare?
1: I want that Fox fanfare pack, is is what I want. And uh you know, the possibility that we can reincorporate that into the other films that have since come out, you know, it's still Star Wars, Matt. We have this debate over on the Star Trek Discovery podcast by Fantastic Geek, you know, where where people uh, who, you know, call other people SJWs uh, turn their nose up because, you know, Gene Roddenberry would have protected this or that or, you know, what have you because of uniforms or whatnot, but, um, it, it's, it's still what it is. Even if you don't say that it is, you, you cannot, the, the gatekeeping that goes on, Matt, um, on both sides again, like, like you're, uh, you know, talking about, we don't see ourselves as members of one side or the other. Fantastic geek prides itself on objectivity and a basis in fact and knowledge. And if we don't like something, if something's not done well, we're gonna call it out. If something's done well, we're gonna praise it. And, um, you know, I think people respond to that. And I I think the following that we've amassed and, you know, the lovely listeners sticking with us uh, and the patrons on top of that, Matt, would speak to that. So, thanks again.
0: Well, indeed, Pete, this whole trip through the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we have done on this day made possible by the people who support us on Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek. Always making sure that we have plenty of intergalactic gas in the tank to go from hither and yon and back again.
1: Absolutely. Everybody who contributes at Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek gets access to exclusive podcast content. There are levels already there. You can create your own level. We are game or anything.
0: Indeed, they are, Pete. The biggest treat, though, of course, is being able to talk to you on Twitter. How can people do so?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P I E T E R J K L R K E T E L A A R, 10,332 followers. Can't be wrong.
0: And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more.
1: Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with the PH, all one word, like it today.
0: Well, Pete, regardless of where you listen, we will be back talking more MCU goodness just as soon as we can, whether it's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., whether it's Marvel movies with End game getting closer and closer. Uh, Whether it's other bits and bops. you know, Pete, you go to the Walt Disney right now. Old Deadpool is now there on the landing page, along with uh, <laughs> representatives from Star Wars and uh, Fox Films and Pixar and the like.
1: Where are uh, my to... aliens at? Can we finally fix that?
0: Well, time will tell. Pete, I know there's a theory. It's a little late for a theory. I know there's a theory popping around. Maybe it's IP like that that gets traded. universal to get some of the marvel park stuff back for uh, the old east coast but Pete, that's a separate podcast that i look forward to doing it at another time talking parks etc with that though it's now time to say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word talk to
1: you soon